Hey guys, Dane here with the Darkroom Podcast, and thank you so much for listening to another episode of the podcast, or if this is your first one, welcome. I'm really excited for the guest today. His name is Steve Irby. He is one of my favorite photographers on the planet. He is a street photographer. He is also a co-founder of Street Dreams Mag. You can find all of Steve's work at Steve Sweatpants on Instagram. Uh, He was on the podcast last year. So after this one is over, if you want to go back and listen to that episode, I think it's in the 20s or 30s. I'm not positive. I should know that, right? Uh, but if you want to go back and listen to that after this, uh, it's a really good one to you know hear about you know his life as a photographer and brands he's worked with and him starting Street Dreams Mag. This episode is you know one that we talk about the Black Lives Matter protest and his time during the protest in New York City. I'm sure you've seen his photographs, whether you realize it or not, in the last few weeks. Um, while he's been documenting these protests, we wanted to, to have Steve on, and, and I wanted to talk to Steve, you know, about what's going on, about what this means to him, about the Black Lives Matter movement, and you know, kind of have a conversation just about this monumental historic moment that's happening right now, and it's still happening. It's going to continue to happen, and uh, and yeah, so this is. A really great episode. I'm really, really fortunate that I'm able to, you know, hop on and talk with, you know, Steve and, and you know, someone of his caliber because, you know, he really is one of the one of the greatest to do it. So thank you guys. Thank you, Steve. I really appreciate everybody involved. And also I'm gonna let you guys know after the podcast, but Steve's involved in another darkroom print sale alongside 16 other incredible photographers, uh, including Justin French, including Ronan McKenzie, including Texas Isaiah, including uh, Jessica Foley, including Kenny Cousins. There's so many people involved in in this next print sale that Darkroom's doing. And 100% of all proceeds are going to six different organizations, including Bailout Funds, Black Visions Collective, Scope of Work, Hetrick Martin Institute, and uh, a few others in there, all based around Black Lives Matter and LGBTQ communities. So I, I urge you guys to buy prints right now if that's you know a way that, that you want to donate, if you feel comfortable donating. Um, these prints are, are gorgeous. They're by some of the best photographers to do it. So yeah, sorry, this intro is a little longer, but uh, I want to get everything in there. So here's a conversation with Steve, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll be checking in after the episode to let you guys know how you can buy prints. All right, you guys, without further ado, here is a conversation with Steve Irby. Welcome to the Dark Room Podcast, where you'll get to hear from the best full-time creators on the planet. From starting out to where they are now and everywhere in between. Welcome to the Dark Room. How you been? I've been good, man. Uh, I'm in LA, so I'm on the opposite side of the coast, but man, it's been it's been powerful here. There's been, mm. you know, so many just incredible protests like down the street from me in downtown LA because I'm more like mid-city, but I'm right yeah. by WeHo. So, you know, yesterday, 50,000 people, I think, showed up to the march Crazy. down in, uh, in WeHo. And it's just, you know, you can you can almost hear it throughout the entire city too. I mean, I'm sure New yeah. York is, is very similar to where it's just like this energy and this palpable voice just throughout the entire city. So like, I feel like we're on, we're both in the cities that are just really where the momentum is just carrying so much forward. 
Yeah, I mean, like even like I live in Bedsty, and like you can hear maybe like on a random day, um, all of a sudden you could just hear like there's a march, and you can walk down the street and literally be in a march of like you know thousands of people. You yeah, know? like and like literally like five minutes away from the crib, it's actually insane. Yeah, well, I mean, you've been to you know, I feel like you're almost you know protesting every single day, right? Are you with with groups every single day? Or are you jumping out and finding you know areas to be? No, I'm, I definitely, I definitely don't go out every day. Um, I've been out to several though. Um, maybe in total, I've been to because the protests have been going on for like what two weeks? Yeah, I'm, about uh, close to three, two weeks, close to three weeks now. Mm-hmm. So, and I've been to five. Okay, just about maybe yeah. like five or six. Yeah, so so I I, I tried to, like you know I, there there is a there is a really big balance of understanding you know everybody has individual roles to play in the long scheme and shit like that. So right. I am very aware of like, like where I need to be in the streets and marching and, ma- and making my voice heard and also what I have to do in the digital space and also what I need to do in like, you know, talking to brands and, and figuring out how you, we can go further down the line with those lines. So I need to compartmentalize my time as much as I can. For sure. Well, I mean, you've been taking, you know, the way that, that you use your platform even before all this, and you're 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 using that as the the tool and the vessel to to show these images and these pictures. I mean, like look at me for instance. Like I I see your your images and your photography from these protests, and those images have been some of the most powerful that I've taken in at this time. So you're changing oh, you. you're changing not changing, but you're you're you know if you're fueling this movement through your your images and your photographs. So like I think yeah, you're doing it. You're doing it in the best way and the way that you know, which is the way that's truest to you, which is the way that's going to come out truest to to everybody that sees your work. Yeah, a hundred percent. Me know? and my, I, a good friend of mine, uh, Joe Holder, who is a uh, he's pretty much a robot. <laughs> he's a he, he's um he's a, he's a health and wellness a health and wellness guru, and he's also a, a physical um a physical a physical trainer. Uh-huh. Um, he's a Nike master trainer. He's, he's been doing incredible work for a long time. He's one of my really close friends. I consider him my family, but we always have like these very deep conversations of, you know, understanding, you know, understanding your position and understanding like what you offer to the world and your true talents and understanding how to communicate that. Um, so it could be understood and you still can pack in the information that could be under, you know, that, you know, that your crowd and your network can still, you know, comprehend and stuff like that. So for example, like there's a project that me and him want to work on that we really want to have it be about health and wellness and training, but also have a lot of the, you know, a lot of the dates and, and numbers that are significant towards the black experience be the, uh, be the metric of what we're working out to and what he's working out to, to give these numbers a different kind of cadence. And I think that stuff is kind of genius because if you're running for eight, you know, if you're running for eight minutes and 46 seconds because of George Floyd or what, or what, whatever, whatever kind of cadence that you can be, you still can translate, you know, you know, you could translate a message in so many different ways. It's just understanding what art form are you going to try to take with it. So, you know, yeah. with him is going to be with um, health and wellness. With me, it's going to be with photography. You know, everybody. With some other people, it could be art. Some people it could be food. It could be literally any in any kind of way that we can actually communicate this way. That you know, we can push this fight along on, on you know on multiple fronts. You know. Yeah. What What are you looking for when when you're at a protest and you have your camera? What do you What are you looking for? What do you see? Like what when you take those pictures and when you bring your camera up to take a photograph, why are you bringing your camera up at that time? That's a really good question. I th- I think one of the things, while 
I'm trying to focus on while I'm at protests and what I'm trying to document is, you know, a ways to kind of tell my truth and show situations in an artful cinematic way, you know, like how is the, what is the most powerful way to, you know, really communicate this experience that I'm feeling, you know, some days that I feel angry, you know, you might see the, you know, like one, like for example, like the days of that we were taking photos at union square, mm-hmm. um, those days were a little bit more intense. So the, there was a little bit more of uh, anger and aggression in some of my photos that I was taking, um, especially when, you know, th- you, you know, you feel the rage, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm tired of seeing my, you know, my people getting killed. So th- if there's a photo of a car, getting, if there's a, car, a photo of a car getting busted up, I'm not trying to exploit the situation. I'm just kind of communicate like this is what everybody's feeling. And then there's some other days where um, I got a photo when I was on assignment with The New Yorker where um I got a photo of a brother on top of the car with the black power fist oh, up yeah. with all mm-hmm. the people around him. Um, and then that day, that was the first night of curfew. And then at that time, it felt like, you know, we passed the curfew, we're outside, and it felt like, you know, this felt like power, this felt like unity, this felt like we were together. So seeing that moment, I wanted to communicate that um, in the image. So there's different, there's, I didn't feel like that before I saw the photo, but that's like these kind of subliminal, subconscious things that you have in your head that like, you know, what do I want to communicate or what I want to bring out? So that, that turns into my gut reaction with, to document those things that I see that really kind of translate that, translates that for me so I can kind of project myself onto the world. Yeah. What is this feeling like compared to anything else you've experienced? I mean, obviously, I feel like, you know, I definitely don't want to speak for you, but this, this must feel like the most powerful moment in your life, at least when it comes to unity and togetherness and, and the movement forward. Like, is that, is that accurate? Is this one of the most powerful moments that you've experienced? Yeah, hundred percent. I can't even I can't even deny that. Um, even if I wanted to, um, there's nothing there's nothing that has been this heavy on me uh, consistently for this long. It's like you know I'm 33 years old and I've been raised up with my parents teaching me about the protests in the 70s out here in New York and understanding like everything there was you know chanting back in the streets for Black Power and understanding for you know the same shit that we complaining about now is the mm-hmm. same shit that we. So it's 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 a weird kind of closed loop. Uh, idea with me and at the same time like there is i never seen in my 33 years of life um signs for miles and miles and saying that my life matters i've never seen people in unison you know walking down the street and trying to understand and comprehend what was going on and the best way to do that is to be together and mind you we're still in the middle of a pandemic you know so like there's there's been so many different kind of um a full spectrum of emotions to take in but at the same time i've never felt um, as empowered and as unified with my people th- more than ever, and just people in general. And at the same time, I've always knew that this has been going to be a long fight because I've been communicating that and fighting that my whole life anyway. But now it feels like, you know, we have way more people that have woken up to the fact that, like, you know, now this is a long fight and that we need to do this together. So, yeah, it's a crazy world, <laughs> you know, crazy time. And in the last week, <clears throat> you know, you've seen you've seen effects from this. You've seen change happening. You've seen in San Francisco them talking about and actually implementing, you know, sending trained professionals to certain types of calls without any type of weapon on them. So there's, yeah. there's, there's no, you know, there's no situation or case and, and, you know, there's things happening all over the place that yeah. are showing that this is, this is a movement. This is like really happening. And like, even, you know, for, for me, like, you know, a white creator, and someone who, I mean, yeah, I grew up in Los Angeles, you know, one of the most diverse places in the entire country. You know, I've had black friends my entire life. I, you know, have never felt a stitch or ounce of racism ever. 
it's it's making me realize that for the same reason that I was, you know, not uncomfortable to have this conversation with you, but for the same reason that, you know, I felt nervous about it was maybe because I wasn't as educated as I should have been about it. That's mm-hmm. what it shows me. So what it does for for someone like me is it makes me, you know, want to learn more and want to watch more documentaries and want to, you know, educate myself fully and know 100% what what you and, and your ancestors and what everybody went through. And that's yeah. that's powerful. You know, like yeah. that's that's super powerful in this moment. I think I think the biggest part to get past a lot of this is, you know, education, like you said, and the fact that there is so much information that's out there that's not commonly spoken about is something that's always been, you know, really troubling to the black community, especially for somebody like myself growing up, you know, as a black dude. And I mean, I grew up with all black, going to all black schools pretty much until I was like in high school or something like that, you know what I mean? Or junior high school rather, you know, I, I, I grew up around a, a, such a black experience that when I even speak of it, people like, you know, it, it sounds foreign, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that, like, so it's, the, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that like, you know, people, we live in a day and age where everybody's so so, you know, there's this there's sense of perception of being wrong or like, you know, being chastised or not knowing something is taken as a negative. Yeah. There's nothing fucking wrong with not knowing anything. You know, I don't know shit half the time, you know, <laughs> but at the, at the end of the day, like I don't use that as like I don't have my pride try to take that away from me trying to want to understand about, you know, somebody or, or, or genuinely want to know like you know where somebody comes from. You know, at the end of the day, respect is free. And then if you could do that for free, then the education part is, you know, one of the benefits that comes with that. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, at the end of the day is literally just respect is free. And the, and the educating part is, is a beautiful process. It's discovery. It's no, it's no different from like, you know, discovering your favorite kind of music, you know, it's it'd be the same way of discovering people's ancestry and understanding history. I'm not saying you have to do it every day, but I'm saying that you need to make, there should be a concerted effort to, you know, make that a goal. Yeah, for sure. And you know, where, where do we go from here when, when you know, there isn't 50,000 people, you know, on the streets in West Hollywood and even more people in New York around the corner from you, when the protests died down, how can we keep up with the momentum? I mean, I'm sure a lot of it's like you were saying, like educating yourself, staying in tune with what's going on. Like what, what are some actionable things that, that people can do to keep this going? I think there it needs to be a big understanding of having short-term goals and long-term goals. Mm-hmm. Understanding what you can do in the short term in the interim and like and what's actionable is really important because whether that's through, you know, through the digital space and through signing petitions and actually being present in situations, that is just as effective as anything because we can literally see the results. But also having some a set of long-term goals and understanding like how can you make effect in the areas that we are immediately in. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm really concerned with um, my neighborhood. Period. You know, I, I I see my neighborhood. I grew up in. I've been I've been out here in Bedside for 12 years, and I've been in New York my whole life. I've only lived in Brooklyn and Queens. Mm-hmm. So if I'm doing things in the in the long term in the future, I want to make sure that I'm making an impact on my community. So whether that is through installing a curriculum, whether that is you know figuring out other charitable things. Things. Um, if I have to do an own non for profit myself, so I so I can see where it's going in my own community, like I need to start taking these steps to understand how can I make this long term change to see what's going to happen in the next 10, 10 to twenty years for us. Because, like I said, this is a long term fight. You know, yeah. all the short term stuff is definitely necessary, and I don't want to diminish diminish that at all. I just want to make sure that everybody, each individual, including myself, has long term goals that 
are actionable where we know that we can work on. So like I work with a lot with Sony and hopefully we can work on things with Sony in the future where we can install uh, these certain kind of curriculums in place where we can have it be something that's in our community that can actually make an effect, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that's really important to have, a, you know, a perfect balance of the, of the both of those. You know, I don't know too much about school programs and youth programs, you know, like in areas like Queens and where you're at. And like, you know, even out here, like getting down to like Compton and South Central and those places mm-hmm. where I can guess that they don't have some type of a program where, you know, they give the kids cameras and they let them go shoot. They let them explore exactly. creativity exactly. and visuals. And I think that that could be such a game changer too to, to even give a camera to, to a kid who whose family necessarily couldn't afford a $200 camera for him. But through these forms of education and through school, like they can pick up a camera, they can see, you know, so many things through it and they can see that it can, it can take them places, right? Like, wouldn't that be huge? The, the biggest thing, um, the biggest commodity that we don't have in our neighborhoods is access. Yeah. It literally comes down to access. And what whether that is through any kind of medium, it's all coming down to access. So one of the things that we've done with Street Dreams and like from our inception is, you know, create that bridge for a lot of people because, you know, it's weird not being able to be a part of this community that, you know, all of us are get, grabbing these references from and you're seeing they're grabbing references from our culture. Like, why is there why is there, there not a bridge to connect two of them? So yeah. I think it's really important to um, really install that. And it could be through any way possible that you do that. I'm saying like, like you know, photography and art is definitely a, a huge medium to, you know, provide access, but that literally goes for all industries and that goes for all things. That kind of parallel runs with everything. It all comes down to access. Um, and I think that's something that's important that's long-term because, you know, it, I didn't pick up photography until I was 25. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if, if I, I'm not saying that I would be, you know, I don't know who the hell I would have been if I had been shooting at photos at 15 years old. You know, um, it's just a different kind of cadence, you know, and I think that more people should have the, the opportunity to do stuff like that, especially the black and brown kids in our communities and, yeah. and just all kids in general. You know what I mean? So yeah. Um, the opportunity to explore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the opportunity to be a kid and actually do something that doesn't have the restraint where, you know, you have to worry about anything else besides creating. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to black photographers and, and hiring black photographers you know there's been a a huge movement in that as well right now especially in our community like i've seen that so much on instagram and stories yeah and and even just like so many incredible photographers that i've seen that i didn't even know before right so that that's been you know awesome but you know as a photographer in this community and as someone that does a lot of brand work what's ironic is a lot of the times the brands reach out to me and they say we want diversity. Nine times out of 10, they say that to me. But mm-hmm. where's the conversation of them in their room saying, we need diverse photographers and we need to work with diversity rather than we need to hire diverse models? So, you know, I'm wondering if you have any experience with, you know, seeing seeing that happen and, and, and what your experience is when brands reach out to you uh, when working with diverse models, but also like how how we can change the conversation to hire more black photographers rather than you know just hiring them as models. I think that is there is a there is a big it still have even with black culture there's still a very big deal with you know us 
for lack of a better term, being over-sexualized in some situations where, you know, you only think that this person is good to be a model or you think they're good to be an athlete or something like that. And not saying that there's anything wrong with those fields because there definitely are forms in itself, but there needs to be more of a conscious effort to have the story be about perspectives. Photography and perspectives go so hand in hand because, you know, I think one of the, the coolest things that are happening right now, especially during this day and age of like everybody, you know, a lot of black photographers being able to document the protests is like you're understanding the black experience from a hundred percent viewpoint. So if there's, there's a lot of these situations where these brand, where brands are trying to develop campaigns and having things, being conscious of the situation. Um, even if you want to hire a black model, you should be hiring a black photographer as well too. So it could be a full encompassing experience. I'm not saying it has to be like that all the time but there needs to be a more, more of a conscious effort of it and i think that you know when you start to when brands start to look at you know the black experience and black people as less as a commodity and more of a, as a story and there's storytelling and there's a lot of highs and lows and beauty to it but like not for these kind of like i'm only going to do this during black history month or like i've seen this happen i'm going to post this it needs to be a part of your everyday life rather than it just being a part of you know, a time of year or something like that. Right. And I think that brands are, are conscious of it, hopefully. Um, and then, you know, even and it, and it goes down to so many different levels with me. And I know it sounds kind of like, you know, it's a little bit all over the place, but, you know, I think it's a, a kind of a vicious cycle of, you know, you know, looking at people, uh, looking at black people and our experiences on a pedestal for one thing, but not having us even document, you know, even document that is kind of a, you know, it's just weird. So I think just being more conscientious of that is important. And on top of that, just allowing black people to actually tell their black stories and to the situations. Like a lot of the work that I've done with brands, like the works like I've done with Sony and I've worked with, I've done with Nike. Um, obviously these brands are not perfect, but I've seen them try, you know, and I've seen the situations try and that, that stuff is very empowering to me. Especially like, I mean, I drag the Knicks all the time and then the Knicks haven't been doing a good job right now, <laughs> but there are, but they de there's definitely been a lot of opportunities where they've opened the door for a situation like that so they can put uh, put me on a pedestal um, that's not just during Black History Month, you know what I mean? Like that, that has a deeper meaning in our community. So I just think uh, brands just need, need to be more aware of that of not trying to over-sexualize or over kind of like fantasize our, our experiences and just, you know, let us be honest about our stories because it has the same kind of effect anyway. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> and again, you know, something that I, you know, haven't even thought about until just right now, like, do you think that there's a lot of young black photographers who don't even try to reach out to brands and and reach out to try to get work because they already think that they're not going to be able to be hired? Yeah, there, there, there's a lot of that. I'm not saying that it, it's, it's a full spectrum with that. There's definitely situations where I know that kids hit up brands all the time. Like, you know, like, you know, they put me on, put me on, and, never, mm -hmm. and they never respond to them. And there's other situations where people are genuinely, you know, afraid. Like, they don't want to even, like, question, like, being rejected because they know that their email is going to be lost in the millions of emails. So there is a lot of, you know, hesitation and almost, like, a fear of rejection, you know, of putting yourself in these situations where these companies, when you reach out to these companies that you admire and respect and you've been buying their sneakers and next ones, you've been doing all this stuff and, and they won't, you know, return your email or, or 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 a person that you know that's on the Instagram that you see <laughs> that, you, that you've probably been following their work for so long and they're hoping for the chance to get to work with them and then you you make an effort and they you know they consistently curve you so th that stuff is real um, for and then not to say that it happens all the time but like I've been in that situation myself you know plenty of times you know what I mean so it's it's it, you know it ha it definitely does happen <laughs> yeah well you know and it's. I feel like you 
were putting out so much work before you were working with these brands and with these with these big companies and you were like really showing your voice through these photos and that's a lot of the ways that you were recognized as a photographer and that's a lot of the ways that the brands reached out to you so there's something to be said for you know even if you aren't you know getting these gigs and getting these jobs just like you know just like when I started like you you need to go out and you need to shoot and you need to put out there you know show your voice through your images or your video yep. or whatever creative medium you want and good work speaks for itself and a powerful message speaks for itself. So things will come to you. Things will gravitate towards you. It's this like weird rule of gravity and, you know, black, white, whatever. It, I feel like that is like really, really important regardless, you know, coming up as a creative. Yeah. If there, there, there is a, there is a big understanding of like, we're, we're in the, the day and age of, I always talk about that, you know, this is the, Everyone, everyone is smart, man. This is the age of the smart consumer. You cannot sell, you cannot sell people bullshit. You can't sell people bullshit no more. People will call you out. So if you take the initiative and you take, you know, that level of respect for, you know, the people that we're trying to share our work with in the first place, and also for ourselves, of having a level of honesty to it, whatever that kind of honesty that you're trying to project onto it, people naturally are gravitate towards that because with the age of the smart consumer comes that people can interpret shit in their own ways in a million different ways at the end of the day. So once I, you know, was aware of that and, you know, got in tune with that and like it started to gravitate, you know, gravitate towards, you know, more people that were trying to be honest with their work, I just felt, you know, happier in the long run. And I think that in this day and age where we're, you know, in the biggest civil rights movement ever, that, you know, that, you know, really holds true as well too, that all those people that were really honest with their work and, always been you know you've always gravitated towards those are the same people for the most part are that are the allies that you're fighting with you know yeah. black white gay straight or anything like you know we're all on the same side yeah man and you know i, I me alongside maybe close to 10 million people watched the uh the Chappelle uh, yeah. half hour yeah which was you know absolutely incredible and we don't need to get into that too much but what what he said in there that you know, really just gave me chills and, and I'm sure it did everybody else is, you know, how he kind of, you know, looked at it from an older man's perspective and said, you know, the kids got it. Like they got it. They're fighting for me. And that is such a powerful truth. And you see it in your images, you see it in the news, you see it everywhere is there is this like youthfulness right now that's driving this charge that, you know, feels so just different and let's just do this and we're done with this and this is over. Like you guys had your chance. It's over 100%. We're moving forward from this moment. We're not looking back. Yeah. Like you're in New York City in these protests, you're around it. Like what is the feeling when you're in that situation, when you're in those moments? Like what does it feel like to be standing with 50,000 people in New York City what does this moment feel like right now for you? I mean, it's it's so hard to kind of put it all in like in words because like it's still happening and I'm still downloading like the feeling of what it feels like to be marching like down like you know Brooklyn or marching down um, marching in the city or something like that. And I think the the only feeling that I can honestly always just remember I, I just can't can't stop saying it over and over again like i've never seen signs from miles and miles on end saying that my life matters right like i've never i've never seen i've never seen that you know i've never 
walking down the street and hearing people cheering in solidarity and like you seeing like people in the buildings and clapping the pots and you're walking down the street and like you know just the energy of the crowd that you see people like you know you just see everything to see everything at once and then literally during a middle of a pandemic where it's killed a hundred thousand people and you still have like all these mass amounts of people coming outside every day to be in solidarity for just being over like black people getting killed by cops for the last like 400 years and all of the other things that kind of evolve into the human rights issues along with that as well too is everybody's just tired of that shit so i've never I, i've never at first when i you know at first when you first go you, you don't know what to expect and i don't say i can't say i was nervous i was more or less just you know i just was curious to see what was going to happen and ever since then you know stepping into that situation and feeling that you know honestly there's there's really like there's really nothing like it i mean there. There's ne- I've never I've never had the sense of reassurance that I felt like you know I'm I'm ready to fight for the rest of my life you know what I mean so like yeah it, it, it's just uh, yeah for me I guess like it's just you know I guess to put it in short it's like it just felt like you know I saw I saw signs forever to see that my lives matter and it just gave me the reassurance to know that I'm gonna do this fight for life yeah man and you know there's so many there's so many people that I'm sure needed to really see that right they needed to see it they yeah. needed to hear it. Um, you know, you've, you've been in this community for a while and you've, you know, you've traveled and you've explored, you've met people of all types. And I just feel like there's, there's so many young people in this moment that, that look at this and they say, man, I can do what I can do whatever I want. I can, I can really strive to, to do this or to do that. And, um, you know, hopefully there's, there's no boundaries, but this is showing that there, there's not going to be boundaries and I want to be a part of this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. And like I said, like, you know, this, this was, it, it was tough for me to, to, to gather thoughts on, on talking with you, I guess, just because, yeah. you know, like I, I'm white first off and like, no way. <laughs> and I don't, I don't like, I don't want to say anything wrong, you know, but me thinking that has had me also thinking like from the outside, like what? Like this, this is good. Like the, the fact that you feel like this, this nervousness to have this conversation, like this is, this is a positive step. And this is steps that people are having all across the world. And it just takes a little bit to tip, like, you know, to finally like tip this thing over and that's what it's doing. That's what it's showing. I mean, I've definitely, I've, I, I've definitely had experiences of being the only black guy going to the room full of white people, and I've that that feels very nerve wracking. I'm gonna tell you that 100. percent I was like, I don't know what the fuck to expect. <laughs> like, I genuinely don't know what to expect. So that feeling that you feel is basically how I feel. <laughs> like, like sometimes, so it's, it's 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 weird. It's a weird amount of parallels that's running to it, you know. And then I think that is. It's um, it's a dope thing, honestly. It, it's it's scary. It's uh, it's different. And at the end of the day, that education process is going to be something that we're not going to beat beat racism in thirty years. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna just let you know that right now. But but if we all make a concerted effort and have these education processes and have things that are set in stone, that like you know our kids and their grandkids and everybody else can we can keep on carrying the line, then this thing would eventually be done. You know, hopefully, you know, knock on wood, but. It's nothing wrong with being wrong, you know, or right. fucking up an answer. You know, it's like, oh, dude, that sounded really stupid. My bad. And then being educated. <laughs> do it all the time. <laughs> like, yeah, man. I do it all the time. Well, uh, Steve, I appreciate you. Uh, I really appreciate yeah, you like coming that. on and, and coming back on the podcast. Um, 
it's been it's been you know incredible to follow your work and you know see what you've been doing in this time and and uh you know i'm one of the the several thousands that have been resharing your work to to their followers or my followers just to like you know just to show what you've been doing but also to show you know the bigger picture and the movement and and all that yeah. and you've just you know you've really been documenting it in a way that uh it's powerful and it's big and it means a lot to people whether you uh you know don't realize how many but they're out there i really appreciate that i i i I definitely am in the bubble half the time. So yeah. it's uh, one of those things that I know I'm, I'm, I'm aware of and I'm not going to act like oblivious, but I don't know how much it can quantify to somebody. So I really, I really appreciate you telling me that. For sure, man. And uh, I know that we have a collaboration going with you soon with Darkroom. Yeah. And 17 other black creators and photographers where yeah. uh, we're going to be doing a print sale and the proceeds, just like the last one that Darkroom did, are going to be going to uh, different Black Lives Matter organizations and LGBTQ organizations. And there's there's a yep. list on there. I don't know them exactly because uh, I think Honors and Theo are still getting those together. But uh, yeah, we'll be looking I know we had some like. We had some like Devin Allen is on there. Mm-hmm. Um, Devin Allen just, you know, he just got his second time cover. Um, which is incredible. So um, th- there's a, a really strong list of photographers. I'm honestly su- super grateful and beyond humbled, and to have the opportunity to help uh, to help be a part of this with uh, you know with you guys. And um, this is the kind of stuff that we really you know we wanted to have like art in the photos live in people's hands and live in people's houses and and have you know longevity past Instagram. So. This is really important for us, and we're calling it photos, photos of the revolution for a reason, um, because we truly feel like this is uh, this is our time. So, truly, uh, honestly, you're, you're the man for uh, you know allowing me to be involved with this, along with the others, Nico and Christelle. So, um, this is going to be dope as shit. Really important work. Yeah, man, Steve, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Yeah, likewise, man. That'll do it, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out and checking out this episode of the Darkroom Podcast with Steve. Uh, You can go back and listen to another episode with Steve back from last year. I wish I had a number for you. This is like before we were numbering them. So you just got to go back. It's uh, it's like in the first 15 or 16 or 20. It's around there. Uh, Anyways, you guys, thank you so much. And like I said, and like we said uh, in the podcast, you can go on to the link is revolution.darkroom.tech and you can uh, buy these prints where all the proceeds are going to different organizations. And uh, I am so pumped that this is happening and that Darkroom's involved in this and that all these photographers are involved in this. The photographs are incredible. So thank you very much, you guys. You can find us at Darkroom. You can find me at Dane Diener. You can find all of Steve's work at Steve Sweatpants on Instagram. Uh, you can Google Steve and uh, a lot a lot of good stuff comes up. So yeah. All right, you guys. Thank you so much. And we will see you guys next week.